1: to another edition of the lucha central weekly podcast this is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of lucha libre each week our team discusses news and events from this past week as well as preview the week ahead covering mexico-based promotions and top independence along with luchador related news from throughout the united states The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, PodBay Speaker, and more. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and it is my honor to bring in my two great co-hosts. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how's it going today?
2: Uh, It's going great. How's it going for you, Miranda?
1: It is going well, 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 I am excited for this week's show. Uh, Definitely we'll be getting into some very cool things in just a few moments. But we can't do that without, well, the third member of our trios team, and that's who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr.
3: That's me. It's me. Hi, Conan. I know you're not listening.
1: (laughs) I don't think Conan's ever listened to this show, so... You know what we what we've done with you know is five minutes of talking about us one time a year ago we've made it stretch for over a year.
3: That's right.
1: We've made every second of that count so uh thank you conan for for all that material uh and giving us our gimmicks. No one, no one can, can no one ever say he wasn't creative enough to create <laughs> gimmicks because he created the gimmicks of pretty much, you know, most of us oh, on man. this, on this podcast.
3: He did, I mean, yeah, he did a lot of gimmick creating.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, you know, as you know, my segue, speaking of Conan, oh. uh, this week we had a huge drop uh the eat like a luchador cookbook dropped this week yeah for those of us who pre-ordered we received our books right on the day june 1st um it's been available now in bookstores all over the united states it's been available on amazon and all of the great places um so it's, I got mine earlier this week and it's a, such a cool book, um, that does feature, you know, Conan, but also tons and tons of other luchadores and lucha adjacent, you know, fans and promoters and, and everyone that it's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful book.
3: I'm the. I'm the odd man out. I haven't gotten mine yet, but I'm still going to do the shout out. I'm going to go down to Destiny City Comics and pick it up from uh Ethan HD, who is a local wrestler, also owns the com- that comic shop. So, I mean, how can you not support that store? So, uh I will once again throw it out there. Destiny City Comics in Tacoma, Washington, for those of you who don't know.
2: Very cool.
1: And Dusty, you got yours too this week, right?
2: Yeah, I did. I pre ordered mine. I got it the day it was released. It's very cool. I love the art. Like, yes. the art is. I, I got a. Joe Barker has a beautiful painting or art. I don't know what you call it, but for his, it's incredible. Uh, the photographs are incredible. There's some great shots of Taya in the kitchen and the Solar mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Yeah super astro with the torta like yeah it's it's amazing <laughs> yeah. like it's it's so much more than a cookbook too like there's it talks about the luchadors there's incredible art and photos like i mentioned that's yeah it's much more than i anticipated yeah even knowing what we knew in advance it was more than <laughs> i expected yeah
3: what what we really knew, by the way, so you everybody can understand where we're coming from on this is every time we talked to Kevin and said, "Are you busy?" It was this cookbook is taking all of my life, yeah. and then, you know, yeah. that was <laughs> so. Uh, and then he would tell us a little thing like, just you know getting the photos ready or whatever, but there's uh, it just every time for the whole of last year, it was eat like a luchador is taking up my life. So I don't know what Kevin's going to do now. Maybe he's going to go to Disneyland.
1: Hopefully rest. <laughs> yeah, that was the same vibe I got as I was talking with uh Ruben Zamora just <laughs> actually earlier today. Um, we were communicating, and I congratulated him on the release of, of the book, and he was just saying that it was definitely – uh not a nightmare but it wasn't a daydream. It wasn't it wasn't uh, smooth sailing. There was a lot of work that was put into this book uh by really multiple people. Oh, um yeah. Jerry and Kevin and, and Ruben and everything just you know behind the scenes all all of the details that was put into it. So and, and it came out amazing though. Like it's such a vibrant book with amazing pictures cool recipes um you know as we joked about with conan earlier he has one of the more lengthy profiles in the book um where he has several page spread outs and and it's also a little bit of like a history textbook as well um, yeah. so it's such a cool hybrid of so many things yeah
3: so you have name dropped and i'm just going to finish that jerry villagrana who we've interviewed on the show and has his own podcast on the podcasting network did he took a lot of the photos i think he was one of the primary photography editors for this too um but so we should make sure to get him his dues and his props as well congratulations on finishing the book for you as well jerry thank you for uh, all of your hard work and i know you actually do listen to the show so thank you for being one of our regular listeners too
2: Yeah. Thanks, Jerry.
1: So if you have not gotten yours, make sure you get it however way you want to get it, whether you order it online, you go to your nearest bookstore. I just highly, highly recommend it. Even for someone like me that doesn't cook, um, it's just a lot of awesome pictures and storytelling that you get from this. Um, And it's fairly affordable, I think. Um, I remember only paying about twenty dollars um for it. I think it's only twenty one ninety nine yeah, something right. yeah, I mean less than twenty five dollars for a very hefty book, like when yeah. you feel it, it definitely is a good you know size book, and again, the artwork and the pictures and the content of it, you could easily think it would be double the price.
3: Yeah, so hardcover on Amazon, who does unfortunately cut prices a little bit, twenty one ninety nine, uh, or the Kindle version is only twelve ninety nine. So like, if you're on a super budget but you still want to read this book, the e version is super affordable.
1: Yeah, and if you want to take it around with you <laughs> in a little bit of a lighter manner, because like I said, the hardcover <laughs> is it's hefty. It's it's a hefty size. Um, so if you want to have something that's a little bit more portable, the ebook, um, but you could also have both. Um, yes. I've definitely done that before.
3: You get the book a lot less messy if you actually want to cook, if you have the ebook in the kitchen and you have the nice hardcover out and on, on, still on the bookshelf where it can be mm-hmm. safe from your cooking. Unless, <laughs> I don't yeah. maybe yeah, I'm the only one that's messy in the kitchen. I, no, that's not true. No. I saw Selena Delorenta cooking it. I'm not the <laughs> only one.
1: So, again, Eat Like a Luchador cookbook is um, It is by Legends of Lucha Libre and Monica Ochoa, uh, available at your nearest bookstore or online. Make sure you order it, it's well worth it. Let us know your thoughts. You know, we definitely will be talking about these recipes as we try them out. We definitely want to hear more about everyone's thoughts on the book, on the recipes, on the people featured. Uh, we'll be giving out our social media information uh, later on. But you all know where you can find us. So make sure you reach out to us and let us know your thoughts on the Eat Like a Luchador cookbook. But how are we going to start the show Road
3: back to shows with Brendan. Oh wow, I thought we were gonna do something different this time. No, no. Um, so, uh, speaking of not doing anything different, Mexico City is still yellow, which, uh, one of our listeners says that every time he hears me say that, he thinks that I'm calling Mexico City chicken. So I, I am, uh, kind of enjoying that. <laughs>
1: uh,
3: so, but yes, Mexico City is still yellow. We're gonna still have fans. More shows are having fans. We're gonna be talking about that throughout the show. That's gonna be one of the themes, is you're gonna have more shows with fans, uh, legally, which is why we're gonna be back to talking about certain federations in the India Roundup, but we haven't gotten there yet. Um, we do have, unfortunately, a little bit of bad news this week. I'm gonna pull up the news story on this so that I can get you the, uh, the best, uh, the best, uh, most up-to-date information I can on it. Uh, Luchador Exotico Passion Crystal has been, uh, declared, declared dead after being, after going missing in the ocean. Um, she she was, uh, 45 years old, uh, it turns out that, uh, she was swimming in Acapulco, and the tide seems to have taken her away, so this is not, not something, I mean... It's not, it's not, uh, your usual young wrestler dies to those of us who grew up in the 80s and 90s kind of story. It is very sad and still very too much too young, but it's not, uh, it's, it's, uh, a thing that unfortunately has, uh, does happen once in a while. Um, Passion Crystal had debuted all the way back in 1994, was, uh, part of Los Exoticos with Cassandro and Pimpanella, so very, uh, very big part of the Exotico movement and community, so this is a huge loss there. Uh, she remained with AAA until 2015 and then went to IWRG Uh, where she remained in fact her last show was with IWRG not too long ago
1: I think it was about a week ago it It, was
3: very recent uh, it's actually I'll be I have the exact date in the indie roundup Uh, I was going to do this I was going to do that match even before I found this out but uh, yeah uh, so it it was about a week ago we'll be able to piece that together very shortly um Yeah, so I mean our, my heart goes out to the friends and family and all the people that were inspired by by uh this this wrestler. This is um definitely a huge loss and it's uh it's a tragedy that someone so young has to has to have an accident <laughs> like this. But I don't know. All right. <laughs> so that's uh, I'm gonna try and move on. I wanted to get that one out of the way so that I can uh <sighs> calm down and go to other things here. But uh uh Yeah, that uh we're gonna move on to an in other news in uh recent indie event in the United States. Uh Alberto El Patron turned up and uh showed up after the main event. He came out in a mask, took off the mask, did an interview in the middle of the ring saying that he basically trying to hype up his feud with Andrade and the reaction in the arena and online was not very positive. So apparently there's a lot of, uh, negative energy towards Alberto at this point. Um, there when we were discussing this story, we were making some possible jokes and all of that i just want to leave uh, leave it where it is alberto is definitely uh definitely still going to do the match uh coming up at federation wrestling and a couple of other promotions but uh you know we don't need to uh we don't need to focus on on the negative energy at this point Uh, Speaking of Federation and wrestling, they made a few more announcements. Their big one is you can now buy tickets to the live event. Uh, It is at a bullfighting ring. I'm going to slaughter the name, so I apologize to all of the Spanish speakers that are listening out there, but – Constituente Charo Lienzo is how it was listed on the entry I found. And then when Miranda looked it up to help me with the Spanish, it looked a little different. Uh, I believe it was Charo Lienzo Constituente is how, how she saw it. Um, either way, it's, uh, in, in the greater Mexico city area and they were waiting until they were allowed to legally have fans there. And, uh, it, it's kind of good. It's going to be a very interesting visual look because it is that big round dirt floor with the ring in the middle. Like you would see it at a, at a, in a if you just dropped a ring into the middle of a bullfighting arena. So, uh, it, I feel like that's going to play into a lot of the graphics and the look of the, uh, of the event. Um, I'm actually a little bit excited about that. I don't know. What do you, do, what do you guys think on that one?
2: Yeah, I think it'll be really a a unique setting, and I think Mm -hmm. that if they do it, you know, like if the videography and everything is, you know, of a high enough level that the visuals from it will just be unmatchable. Yeah. Like the crowd and the bullfighting ring, you know, cheering, and the the doors in the middle, and Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, so good.
1: It seems like it already has a great natural setup because of the way that they start off so from the top and then they move, down and um, some of the angles in a bullfighting wing are very unique compared to like what you see in say a traditional stadium or, or arena. So uh, I totally agree. If you get the right camera angles and look, it's going to look amazing and it's going to be something that is definitely unique.
3: Yeah, um, I I uh, am even more excited for for this this pay per view. They're doing. We've talked about this. I've they, They're doing everything right for being big and exciting on the first show, which is what they have to do to succeed. It also, unfortunately, is what a lot of federations do and then don't have proper follow-up on. But, I mean, that's just speculation. I'm still going to be positive here, I think. Uh, they, to Dusty's point, I think they're going to get people that are going to, to make it look visually impressive because they haven't skimped on anything else. They're They're it's top dollar talent it's there they have a it it Macy seems small and um and kind of muted right now but they clearly have a very strong social media presence that's well trained and very disciplined so uh i feel like they're going to have that same level of quality with the the camera people as well and all the uh, all of the production stuff that goes on. Even the guy that's selling the T-shirts is probably going to be a professional that's done this for a long time. Um, but they also announced a few more people. We uh, have added Shane Taylor and Extreme Tiger to the Copa Federation. So they're digging even deeper into this kind of ROH vibe, which I am not. I'm not uh, uh offended by it all. There, I mean, if we're going to have Kenny King and we're going to have uh, all of the uh Ingo Bernables or uh, the LFI faction to be specific, um why not get some of these other uh, wrestlers and luchadores that are working out of, uh, out of ROH and, and maybe that will allow us to, have, allow ROH to have access to more independent luchadores in the future. I, I, all of that seems like a good idea to me. They also announced, uh, Brazo de Oro Jr., uh, Just as appearing on the show. So he could be another one that could fit into that Flamita Ray Horace three way with the surprise luchador, or he could be put in in any number of places. He's a young man with a, I mean, he's carrying a big name. So he, uh, I have big expectations for him, but I haven't seen him in action yet. I don't know. Are you familiar with him at all, Dusty?
2: Um, I am not. No.
3: so, yeah, soon, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but so, so people know, Brazo de oro is uh is a huge name from a dynasty in in Mexico, so like that's kind of like naming your kid Hulk Hogan jr, like I yeah, mean, it's <laughs> you're 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 putting expectations on him, so i I fully expect that he's going to have a good pedigree and, and look good in whatever match they put him in. I'm very curious about this one. And mm-hmm. I believe
2: the Brazos are related to psycho clown to yes. somehow through family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean like that's a big pedigree to
3: yeah. that's that whole dynasty. Uh, that mm-hmm. they, um, which le- leads to other, which led to other things as well that we've talked about on the show once in a while. But <laughs> the, uh, it is it is a massive family. I believe last time I fact checked this, they were the largest uh, family in all of wrestling, which includes the wow. Samoan dynasties. So, you know, yeah, yeah. that sounds
1: about right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah.
3: <laughs> All right, so that was my uh, road back to shows. I, I it's kind of short and sweet right now. A um, the, the little bit of uh sour and a little bit of sweet this week, but uh, that's what we've got. And let's move on to the indie roundup. I still miss you singing me in, Dusty.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, miss the Clint
3: Eastwood style. <laughs> uh, all right, so. Uh, and, of course, I didn't put the date on there. But, yeah, the IWRG match happened last weekend. Um, they were – this was this I only had two matches I was going to put in. Uh, this was the Sammy main and you had Diva Salvaje, Jesse Ventura, and Passion Crystal against Connect Jr., Hijo Del Fishman, and Mascara Sagrada Jr. It's a big, high-profile match. Uh This was – for the for the uh, trios semifinal tournament, and the Exoticos won. So IWRG, unfortunate, is in the unfortunate situation that uh, the card is going to be subject to change now. Um, and there's no, I mean, I can't see a good way out of this because you can't just plug someone else in there after this has happened. So I don't. Maybe they just restart the tournament or something, but. Uh, it, it looked like it was a good match. I this is all big names that I I enjoy seeing. The highlights I saw were were fun. Uh, the, this I was watching this as best I could on highlights. There are some out there on the uh, on on YouTube. We the this IWRG event is also being covered on LuchaCentral dot com. So if you want all of the results, you can do that. I am skipping ahead to the, the semi-main and the main most of these times on Indie Roundup because IWRG puts on huge cards with six or seven matches usually. Um, a lot of the time you're saying names at the beginning that nobody recognizes. And then in our main, we had Demonio Infernal and Frasario Jr. against Supernova and Tejano Jr., And they did a thing that I'm, IWRG is getting on my nerves with this. They'll put in four great guys, have a tag team match with people that are in the middle of a feud and instead of having a definitive ending, they just have it, have them all brawl until the referee gets tired and rings the bell. Like, so that's that's where we're at. We have I mean, anytime you have Demonio Inferno and Frasario Jr. and Tejano, you know, they're they're probably just going to stop trying to pin each other. They're just going to punch each other until one of them doesn't get back up. But uh this time they did it outside the ring and uh chairs and plunder were involved. And if you like chaos, this is the match for you. Unfortunately, I gave away the the ending in that nobody wins. Uh yeah, that was, so that was our IWRG match matches for for this week. I did get another indie promoter. This is uh to to give me results. This is uh 5CC wrestling out of Bellingham, Washington. Uh they have so the one of the big advantages of having a lucha school here in Seattle is a lot of these promotions now get legitimate luchadors to be part of their matches. So they, in the opening match, they had a, a match with, um, it was a, it's a intergender match. So you had Rebel Kel, Riley Jackson, Levy Cruz, Kid Cuervo, and Donica De La Rouge in there. And, um, uh, people who don't know any of these names because you live outside the state of Washington, I will try and break it down as best as I can for you here. Rebel Kel, uh has she did a short stint in stardom shortly before lockdown she's uh on the way up but she is uh to the best of my knowledge she hasn't done any lucha training it's kid cuervo and annika de la rouge who are are the uh lucha trained ones here kid cuervo is straight out of he's the, one of the current lucha libre volcanica tag team champions and Donica is uh, also Lucha trained here. She also went to Florida for a uh, NXT tryout in 2019. So um, these are names that could be on the rise. Uh, the uh, so Riley Jackson, Levy Cruz are are great local wrestlers as well. Uh, I don't want to undersell anybody in here, but we are – I did get this one specifically asked for the results on this because this was our Lucha match. Uh, The winner of this match gets to choose their opponent for the next show. Um, Oh, I I forgot one very cool detail. They're called 5CC. Because this is, they do all their matches in a five-sided ring. So they also have a lot of these matches with five people in it. So they can put one person in each corner and introduce them that way, and kind of play up their, the coolness of their ring. Um. So thank you again, Five CC in Bellingham. The winner was Donica De La Rouge. The she chose to face Brittany Wonder out of uh, Southern California. Most Infamously, with a oh, never mind, I then the promotion name just shot out of my head. Um, she's all over the place. It should that should be a good match. But Donna Cadella Rouge, who uh also has been doing work uh at, for FSW and uh and a couple other promotions we've talked about on this show, is going to be on again. So we may have some more results for you from 5cc in the upcoming future. That's my Indie Roundup, too. Like I say, I'm trying to keep it short and sweet this week.
1: Thank you, Brendan, for, as always, the road back to shows and the Indie Roundup. Up next, we're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central.
0: Tuesday nights live, it's Wrestle Boss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show, La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez, as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcasts, one in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name,
1: Denise Alcedo killing it with this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Up next, we're going to kick it off with some AAA news with Dusty, including some TV tapings and, uh, well, mainly some spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled, <laughs> this may not be the section for you, even though it's already been spoiled. Yeah. <laughs>
3: We are not the person spoiling
2: it. We are
1: not the person spoiling it. Yeah. We're just all, reporting the news. It's already out
2: there. We're just, we're just <laughs> bringing the news to you. That's that's yeah. what the people want. They want the news.
0: That's
2: and and I'm bringing it to it. you. And, but, yeah, we, we have news that AAA is taping this week. The most current taping took place this past Monday at a ranch in Hidalgo. And the show apparently included a taping for Laredo Kid versus Letigo for the AAA Cruiserweight Championship. And that was the match that Letigo qualified for at Ray De Reyes. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I, I don't actually know the ending, so I can't spoil that for you. But the <laughs> taping is slated to start airing Saturday, June the 5th. And there's no information at all currently regarding which week the title match will air. But AAA continued tapings throughout the week in Hidalgo, and apparently they'll be off for another three or four weeks before a new set of tapings. So when we find out about the title match and what happens, we'll let you know. But the title match is happening, and it's at a TV taping. It won't be happening at Triple Mania, for instance. So that's kind of interesting and. You know, we'll keep an eye on it. But in other AAA and TripleMania news, the Tijuana Sun newspaper had an article this week about Psycho Clown coming to Tijuana to wrestle the show. And they dropped the news that Psycho Clown will be facing Tejano Jr. in a hair versus mask, a match. And, I mean, ostensibly they got this information when they interviewed Psycho Clown. So that's kind of interesting because he was previously announced to be facing Rey Scorpion. And, you know, that was kind of an interesting choice. We had even mentioned that before. And it's unknown if this was a mistake on the paper's part or if Tejano will somehow be stepping in for Rey Scorpion. But either way, you know that Psycho Clown isn't going to lose his mask this year. Nope. So there's a spoiler for (laughs) you. Well,
3: maybe now that that he's opened his big mouth and given away results, maybe he will lose his mask. Maybe this is it now. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm hoping,
1: yes,
2: I'm yeah, hoping. No. <laughs> We we also had some kind of interesting, like not exactly AAA A news, but AAA A relevant. The you know, Deanna Parrazzo is challenging for the AAA A Reina de Reinas championship at Triple Mania against Fabi Apache, and it's a winner takes all title versus title a this match. But it was specifically stipulated to be champion versus champion rather than specific to Diana and Fabi Apache. And Deana and Britt Baker have kind of been teasing a feud in interviews and on social media, so there's a chance, you know, that we could see that that we thought that F- Fabio Apache would be the the more likely to be replaced, but if something happens between now and then, it would be really interesting to have Britt Baker kind of mirror Kenny Omega's yeah,
1: I was championship. Yeah, exactly gonna because you know that's uh-huh. what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen.
3: Yeah, but, and I, but what if neither of the current champions make it to Triple Mania? How awesome could that become?
2: Yeah, that would be a much more interesting mm-hmm. match. Yeah. And well and the story leading up to it would make you more interested in the championship versus the
1: mm-hmm.
2: the participants yeah be very exciting And so we'll see what happens with that, too. Triple Mania takes place Saturday, August 14th at Arena Mexico City. And we we also alluded to it a bit. The other announced match so far is Kenny Omega versus Andrade for the AAA Mega Campeon Championship. So, you know, a lot of exciting stuff going on in AAA. It's going to be an exciting summer. They're going to add crowds to the Puebla Magica shows. So, a lot of of interesting things on the horizon for AAA.
1: And make sure you stay tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, because we're going to keep bringing you the news as we get it. Dusty, since you're on a roll, and we had a lot happen in AEW this week, why don't you take us through this week in AEW?
2: Yeah. Well, we had a ton of stuff going on in AW this week, like you said. Crowds were back and that was exciting. I, I thought I liked the pandemic era vibe. Like I'd kinda gotten used to it. But as soon as crowds were back, it was so good that like as long as they do it <laughs> safely, I don't care. Like <laughs> I, I just want the crowd like the the way the wrestlers responded, I'll get to that a couple of times, but like just the crowd made such a huge difference. Yeah, and both the the double or nothing and the tapings This week. I mean, big difference. Um, This show was largely unmasked, but I actually looked around in multiple venues for the upcoming Dynamite Tour requiring masks as part of the buyer's agreement with tickets. So it'll be interesting to see what the protocol is going forward, but AEW does seem to be focused on safety, so it's really exciting. But on to the wrestling. First up, we have Monday and its dark elevation. The show opened with Thunder Rosa slow clapping and giving felicidades to Britt Baker on winning the AEW Women's Championship and new champions are always followed by their old enemies, and tonight she was going to remind Britt Baker why she's still afraid of Thunder Rosa. Rosa <laughs> is currently ranked number two in the women's division, but thanks to her frequent dark and elevation appearances, she actually has three more wins than Britt Baker and only one more loss. She's got a 14-2 record compared to Britt Baker's 11-1. and So that's pretty good. And she picked up her 14th win of the year in a match on dark elevation against Reka Tahaka. It was a competitive squash match. Um, she got a little offense in against Rosa, but Rosa was just on fire. Her charisma and her interaction with the crowd were incredible. This was her first, you know, match with a crowd like that, and you could tell, like she just played off the crowd's energy. It was awesome like she was just so much better for the crowd being there she won the match with a thunder driver bomb into a peruvian necktie And then I mentioned, you know, lately that we hadn't seen much of Jack Evans, but he was here this week. We got a match, a singles match even, against Pinta El Zero Miedo. And before the match, we got a nice Pinta Says promo backstage with Alex Abrahantes. And Pinta said he was going to beat the Young Bucks on Friday Night Dynamite, and he was going to beat Jack Evans on Monday Dark Elevation. And it was so good. He had on his... Joker gear, I don't want to, yes. I'll, I'll get to that later, fantastic, but Evans and Angelico came out together, and I've mentioned it before at their entrance, but the juxtaposition of Jack Evans and Angelico's attitude during the intros is just fantastic. Oh, like, yeah. Because Jack Evans is all <laughs> over the place like an excitable child, and Angelico's- Walking on just,
3: his hands, I mean, Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> And it just, you get their-, their Like, their attitude and their vibe instantly with it, and I love that. It's very authentic in a way that I I can't describe, but I really love. But Penta's intro with the crowd there was incredible. His charisma and the way he played to the crowd and off of the crowd and his cool factor, like, it was just completely off the charts. These two actually have history together all over the planet, but as far as I know, they never faced off in Lucha Underground in a singles match. So I was going to
3: ask, yeah.
2: Yeah, you see that experience of having worked together in the match, but it also kind of has a new feeling because you haven't seen it before on television. And – it was kind of a spot-filled match. It was exactly what you would expect from Pinta versus Jack Evans, but it was fantastic. I loved it. Pinta hit a Canadian Destroyer into a Fear Factor and picked up the list. Oh, sick! Yeah, it was so good. Like uh, I, Everything he does, and like I say, the crowds, like it, Thunder Rosa and Pinta especially just play so well to it.
3: I do have to minorly correct you on that though. Penta has changed that to a Mexican destroyer. Oh,
1: that yeah. is fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I'll note that for future
2: episodes. <laughs> I like it. He's he's made it his own, so he should. Yeah. He, absolutely.
1: Yeah,
3: that's and that's why I think it's important to cuz I've heard the announcers call that the Mexican destroyer when he does it and I, I it's yeah, it's his now.
2: Yeah. Okay, I like it. Next up, we have Tuesday Dark, and I mentioned them before, but we have The Hybrid 2, Helico and Jack Evans joining Serpentico versus The Dark Order, Alan Angels, Stu Grayson, and Alex Reynolds. Nice trios match. Cody alluded that they're going to have some kind of trios or six-man tag team titles coming up soon. They better. So Yeah, and, I mean, they got enough trios already. I mean, it's been a while. We've mentioned this many times over the last year on the show. But I feel like we're closer than ever. Uh, The pairing was interesting. AEW really did the team an Injustice by playing Chaos Project's music instead of TH2's music during their entrance. Because TH2 has the best theme in AEW. (laughs) Yes. so good.
3: But I'm willing to bet that that, uh, Jack and Helico were still dancing.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah well, they, they got they, the moves. They
2: were 100% themselves. <laughs> and the crowd was a mean, like they were not into TH2 or Sepentico. They went wild for the Dark Order. Early in the match, the Dark Order ran Luther back into the back and evened up the number games for themselves. Eventually, they were able to separate Jack Evans from his teammates, and their, work, their teamwork allowed Grayson to hit the nightfall, and he got the pin on Jack Evans. This was a really entertaining match, and it was a lot of fun in the perfect way. And if you haven't seen Dark in a while or you got turned off by it, you should watch this episode of Dark. The crowd really makes a difference, like it truly does. It's a more manageable episode. The length isn't as crazy as usual. And, yeah, just fantastic work. And then, well, actually, two steps forward, one step back – We had Dynamite. It wasn't on Wednesday. It was on Friday, so we're actually a week behind. But there was not much Lucha action anyway. We only saw the Lucha Bros momentarily. They helped Pac fight off the Good Brothers. After an interview segment between Pac and Kenny Omega kind of flew off the rails into a brawl, The, the Good Brothers showed up. The Lucha Bros showed up, including Phoenix, who we'd heard was injured. And he helped it even up the numbers for Pac and left just he and Omega in the ring before Orange Cassidy showed up and hit the orange punch on Omega and then Pac and stood tall at the end, leading us in to Double or Nothing. And really the only Lucha relevant segment to Double or Nothing was the Casino Battle Royale. But it was great. Like this was, if you love Battle Royales, this was so good. Penta came out in Joker gear, like the, Batman Joker, and it was fantastic. He looked like a million dollars. So
1: good. That's been, like, one of the best Gears yeah. I've seen in probably years.
3: Yeah, yeah years, I mean, it, literally. Yeah. Like he Ray, made, did something like that, yeah.
1: Yes, and, yeah.
2: And, and, and the body language when he came out, you know, mm-hmm. and, the, I mean, it was so good, and it fits into that Cerro Miedo style. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean – I have already seen people making custom action figures, repainting their yep. AW figures to look
1: That's like. That's going to be Jill. a signature, like. Uh, you know, hopefully we see it on like maybe what lucha com that yeah. comes out, and it's not like the, the, the it's just money, 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 money.
3: Why are you spending my money, Miranda? Why- <laughs> I'm not
1: spending your money, I'm just saying that it yeah. is money. Yeah. No, you just spent oh. my money
3: by saying that suggestion because you they'll do it now, and I they know I will buy it. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's just it, awesome and absolutely agree. It fits into his character. It, it gives just a whole amazing vibe. The color choices. Um, you know, it's 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 awesome. It
3: it also like you said, because it fits his vibe, it also sets a tone.
1: Mm-hmm. Like people mm-hmm. who
3: who don't know who this ninja skeleton is, know who the Joker is, and they know it's about to get real but if he's invoking the Joker when he's coming out. It's I mean it's this it's a similar vibe to Ray coming out as Spider Man or Captain America or even the Adam West Batman. Like he's exactly. setting the you know? that's,
2: that's exactly what I was gonna compare this to. It's like Rey Mysterio. And what's interesting is Rey Mysterio almost always he has done the Joker, but almost always he does a superhero, never the mm-hmm. villain. Yeah. But I love that Pentagon pulled not just any villain or Penta, mm-hmm. sorry, not just any <laughs> villain, but like the villain from Comic. You know what I mean? Like it was so good. And yeah. We've seen Seth Rollins, Thanos scarce like, to do something unique and to, like the Joker that hasn't been done in a while and to do it in a way that's never been done. Like, mm-hmm. that was cool. And, and the crowd loved Pinta, but what they loved even more was Jungle Boy winning. It was the feel-good moment. He gets the title match against Kenny Omega. I don't necessarily think you could call him a serious contender, but... It'll be a fun match. It, it's what people wanted. Like, it was so cool when he won. And, but that brings us to, like, the actual meat of the discussion. The Joker entrant, it was Leo Rush. And what a unique choice. Like, I would never have expected him. Go ahead, Brendan.
3: I just want to clarify since we just spent like two minutes talking about the Joker. This is the Joker from the format of the, it's the wild card entrant that we didn't know.
1: Yes. Yeah. We just, we just transitioned from one Joker to another without really (laughs) clarifying, but we're moving away from the Joker uh, character to the Casino Battle Royale Joker. Position wild card, wild card. Yes. yes, yes, so continue,
2: yes, but yeah, <laughs> Leo rush, I mean, I would not have expected Leo Rush, mm. but what a unique choice He looked fantastic in the match, he you know, flew all around the ring, and I mean. Who has wrestled more places in the last year than Leo Rush? He's yeah. been everywhere. He's been MLW, he's been AAA, he's been New Japan, he's been AEW. I mean, he's hitting Indies. I mean, he is everywhere. Yeah. And for as much as Tony Khan likes to claim he's the Forbidden Door, we mentioned this. <laughs> Leo Rush may be the Forbidden Door. Like, he has worked <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he, and like you see WWE champion Bobby Lashley, a huge part of what got Bobby Lashley over at the beginning was Leo Rush. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was his hype man and I mean, it was incredible. And so it's just, yeah, it's just exciting to see him. It was an unexpected choice for sure. Lots of people hypothesized it was going to be Andrade, you know, like that was quite a bit of discussion and, I don't know what this means for Andrade and AEW now. I feel like if they wanted Andrade, we'd see Andrade and AEW.
3: That would have been the place, which is why everybody was saying it. That's mm-hmm. the place to, yeah. to legitimize him for this feud that they're going, that AAA wants him to have. Yeah. So, uh yeah, I don't think, I think that's the end of the Andrade to AEW rumors. Yeah,
1: yeah, that doesn't, and, and when you look at it, I, who knows how much room AEW truly has on their roster. So having someone like Leo Rush who can come in and out may be more of a perfect situation for AEW and they really are pulling strong on this new Japan tie-in. And that's what Tony Khan yes. really, when asked about Leo Rush talked about really more about Leo Rush and new Japan and that partnership. So, um, you know, I think that's also the thing that this, this wild card, Role has always been someone that they've brought on board at some capacity. They've really reached their threshold, even with the expansion coming up, that it may be perfect to have a Leo Rush who just can come in and out as he pleases for these one-offs while he then continues to do his thing in these other promotions. And it still will bring eyes to Leo Rush. It's still going to help, you know, AEW, um, but in, in a way that, as you mentioned, Dusty, it also helps that message of we are providing opportunities for people across wrestling. And why not do that for the person who's literally been all over the, the world and, and all over uh, different promotions mm-hmm. like Leo Rush?
2: And I mean, his... Uh, Wingspan, I guess, is just incredible. I don't know what word I want there, but he is just – he's not just worldwide. He's almost universal, and I mean it's incredible what Leo Rush has done. Like you say, he can come in, he can come out, and if he – Anything he does internationally or with other promotions only elevates his name and makes him more of a marquee, something you would tune in to see and be excited Mm. about. So I love the idea. As much as I wanted Andrade, I was really excited when I saw Leo Rush. Like It was incredible. And also – this week, it'll probably be over by the time you hear this podcast, but the Young Bucks versus Death Triangle of Pack and Pinta for the tag team titles on the June the 4th Friday Night Dynamite. I, I'm excited for this match. I, I don't know that we see the Death Triangle win, but I think it's going to be one hell of a good match. And
3: So, yeah, I checked the rankings, and they're not a ranked team, so the likelihood of this being a title change really goes down because AEW is still trying to pretend that the rankings are an important part of the decision making but i can yeah. dream yeah
2: <laughs> it would be so exciting
3: <laughs> so and that goes back to like the jungle boy choice too like a lot of people are going to go into that that match with jungle boy going against Kenny Omega for the title thinking there's no way jungle boy can win But they all want him to. And that's the same Mm -hmm. vibe that we're going to get here. So so and that means that that I'm going to bite on every false finish. (laughs) You know, oh, no, he's going to hit the arm break.
1: There (laughs) will be there. There will be. But and and for me, I think that. Finally, the Casino Battle Royale is doing a, more of elevating their homegrown talent. We've mm-hmm. seen, especially in the past, whether it's been the ladder match or the actual Battle Royale, where it's been that place for whoever the wild card is. And it's been someone new that they've brought in who's won that or, or someone that, yep. you know, is a little bit higher on the card. Um, but To be able to take it from someone who's been there from day one and give them this opportunity to you know, be a part of it or or to have such a big opportunity is great.
2: Well, and it also elevates him into the title scene, which is really exciting for Jungle Boy. He's had more singles, maybe just more matches total. I don't want to say more singles matches, but Jungle Boy has wrestled more matches than anyone in AEW, and so I mean – as much as it was a feel-good moment, it also felt like he earned this spot, well, like he earned his yeah. title match.
3: It's and, absolutely a sign that they are rewarding that that level of work that he's put in.
2: I, I truly think that Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara are going to be like the next generation of AEW champions, I, but I'm just surprised Jungle Boy got the spot before Sammy did.
3: Well, Sammy's already doing main event stuff, so he doesn't even need it as much. I mean, so that's the other Lucha related content we didn't talk about. Sammy was in the actual oh, yeah. last match on the card, which was the, uh, what, the uh, Stampede? Yeah, Stadium, stadium, stadium Stampede. Stampede. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was the one that
1: got the finish too. He got the pin. Yeah. Yeah and redeemed the golf
2: cart spot.
1: Yes, which I think, I mean, we talked about that last week, and I think a lot of people uh, were hoping for that, especially since the Inner Circle's baby face now, that they finally got that, so yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, Double or Nothing was a really great show. I recommend everybody check it out. It was, I mean, like, top to bottom, it was a great show. I hope to see the uh, Death the death triangle you know kind of get involved in the main event we did not have that happen but
3: i do i do have to add the caveat that the stadium stampede mileage is going to vary greatly on this it is a covid era cinematic style match and some people love those and some people don't um I personally enjoyed it. Dusty sounds like he enjoyed it. I I really but... enjoyed it.
2: I love the cinematic matches personally. Yeah,
1: I I, I think but... they're great, but you're you're right, you know. <laughs> now as they're moving forward with live audiences, you know, and and having that action back in the ring, they have to adjust. And yeah. that has been kind of a staple for them to do these types of funner matches, but can you do that in the same way as you right. did before, definitely there's going to be some recalculation that they have to do with this type of match because it's mm-hmm. very popular and it allows them to do some creative things. But can you really do that in, you know, with a live audience now?
3: It's hard. I mean, so they the you could hear that they were piping in the live crowd's reaction, but it was obviously we're also watching it on the Tron for okay. the whole right. thing. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, yeah, go ahead.
2: I, I think just, if we see – oh, sorry.
3: No, do it. Go ahead.
2: Um, I think if we see cinematic matches, they will probably be on the Friday Night Rampage as a one-hour format. And as we saw with Impact and the the final deletion and all that stuff, like people loved that stuff with the Hardys and the cinematic matches. And mm-hmm. so I think that, that having like a secondary program that's not as focused would be perfect for something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, of course, you can get the results for AEW, all of this week's shows, at LuchaCentral.com. Up next, Brendan has a CMLL update.
3: So we had the Copa Dinastia this, this week. So that was uh, the pay per view with an attendance of 500, similar to last week's show. This was a little bit of a tournament format, so it uh, got a little stretched out. There were a couple, there are a couple more matches than you might normally see on a pay per view, which is great for me. Uh, (laughs) I'm, I'm, you know, I love the the four matches uh, that go a long time, but I also like seeing um, a tournament. I love tournament wrestling. Uh So in our first match of the night, we had Virus and Guerrero Maya Jr. in a lightning match, and Virus managed to win that with a submission at 9 minutes 30 seconds. I misspoke last week when I said it was uh a lightning match was as many falls in 15 minutes as possible. It's you have 15 minutes to get a definitive winner, and that's it. Um, slightly different. The, to, but they'll, you'll always see the clock ticking down. I uh, I conflated that with a different match and I apologize. Uh, match two, we had Atlantis and Ultimo Guerrero against Black Panther, Felino Jr., Cacharo, and... Uh, uh, oh, oh sorry, this is the beginning of the tournament. Atlantis, Ultimo Guerrero, Black Panther, Felino Jr., Cacharo, Gamelo Diablo 1, Forastro Flyer, Pantera Del Ring, and Ray Commodore. So that was the, if you are familiar with the way CMLL does their tournaments, they have everybody in the ring for a Battle Royal style event, which determines the, uh, the pairings for the, for the tournament. Uh, which leads us then to the t- actual tag team matches that happened you had the panthers against felino jr in the next match the panthers came came out on top on this and uh, then you had Jamelo Diablo one and two against the panthers the Pan- the panthers lost on that one uh then you had for Astro and Sanson against uh Flyer and Volador Jr. And the uh the he the yes, I keep saying he is the Rudos came out on top on that one. That's uh For Astro and Sanson, if you don't know from Flyer and Volador. And then next we had Espiritu Negra and Ray Comita against Pantera del Ring and Pantera del Ring Jr. And Espirito Negro and Rey Comeda came out on top. The Atlantis team of Atlantis and Atlantis Jr. against Gran Guerrero and Ultima Guerrero. The Atlantis team came out on top. Uh the Panthers again in action against Gamelo, they came out on top. Forestro and Sanson against Rey Comeda and Espirito Negro. Uh, the, the heels came out on top. I'm trying to zip through these. I apologize if you are trying to keep track of this and I'm going too fast, but, uh, the, like I said, there were a lot of matches. Uh, Flyer and Volador Jr. against the Atlantis team. Flyer and Volador Jr. got, got the win on this one. Uh, Gamelo Diablo won. Uh, against Atlantis Junior Espirito Negro, Gamelo Diablo won, won this. It was a, uh, it was, it was, I'm confused by this result. I apologize. <laughs> um, but, uh, there was an issue with Olimpico, who is the, was the referee in this one. Uh, he didn't count a three fall and some people are, are, uh, well, you know, people on the internet get unhappy. Uh, the Panthers and Forrestro and Sanson was the next one. They That ended with a DQ win for the Panthers. But it was because Forrestro and Sanson took the mask off of Black, and Black Panther and Blue Panther Jr. Um, so we're moving towards the end of the card now. Flyer and Volador Jr. against... Gimelo Diablo 1 and Gimelo Diablo 2. Uh, Flyer and Volador Jr. came out on top on this one. Finally, oh, not finally, sorry, I'm ahead of myself. Uh, now we have Kevin, Cavernario, Dragon Rojo Jr., Hechicero against Fuga, Stuka Jr., and Titan in a, in a non-tournament match. This is just a standard, uh, standard six-man match. Um, Hedgestero got the win by submission uh, and then took Stuka's mask off after the match, re-establishing despite the fact that fans really like the man, that he is in fact a very bad man. Um, And now we're to finally, which was Black Panther and Blue Blue Panther Jr. against Flyer and Volador in the finals of the Copa Dynastia. Uh, The the Panthers came out with a win on this, which was not a crowd favorite. Uh, the, the, uh, multiple people were commenting that the crowd legitimately booed, even though these were both, uh, Technicos teams and Black and Black Panther and Blue Panther have traditionally been very popular wrestlers until this year, apparently. So I don't know. Maybe they should join the Ingo Bernables now, but, uh, that, that was the, the whole event. We, um, we, there was there was drama that was not related to wrestling so i guess the internet likes that these days but uh i'm very excited about the whole thing the uh because i went so fast the complete results are of course available on luchacentral.com i i wanted to give everybody a chance to get a little bit of a feel for this especially since the panthers winning was kind of uh telegraphed through through the way they they won they got some dq wins and all that sort of thing so maybe that's why the crowd was was booing but there is our cmll results they uh have resumed regular friday tapings with crowds so we will probably be having more cmll results on this show if you don't like all the detailed TMLL results please let me know and we can work on trimming it down if you do like it i'll keep it in but uh you know we're building things back up so i appreciate any input and feedback on how we're formatting the show um i'm just gonna kick it over to miranda because the next segment we've got is nxt
1: yes we do this week in nxt um, some lucha content, especially in the main event, but let's get started at the beginning of the show. Um, uh, we had, uh, a number one contenders match between Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, chaos ensued from that match as Adam Cole came out of nowhere, uh, for the distraction, and pretty much there was no winner after that. Ember Moon decided to take advantage of this chaos and call out Raquel Gonzalez. Um, however, uh, Gonzalez did come out, but security stopped them from fighting, but Dakota Kai snuck in and attacked her from behind. Uh, that led to uh, later on... Ember Moon challenging Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship at in your House. Um, and that match has been made. So we are going to see Ember Moon versus Raquel Gonzalez at NXT in your house. Uh, but next week we are going to see her face Dakota Kai first. Speaking of number one contenderships and you know championship matches, uh, Adam Cole came out uh, to call his shot uh, at Carrion Cross. And they had fire promos back and forth, where pretty much Adam Cole did what Adam Cole does best—runs his mouth. But Karrion was unfazed. William Regal came out telling Adam Cole he knows exactly what he's trying to do, and that's, you know, pretty much skip the line and get to Karrion Cross first. But Karrion said, "It doesn't matter. I want everyone." So. It has been made official. Karrion Cross will defend the NXT Championship against Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and Adam Cole at Takeover in Your House. So this could be one of the biggest challenges of Cross's short reign um, so far, but one that I mean could absolutely be a, a match of the year contender. Just looking at everyone in that match already. Um, it, it's going to be something else. Um, so very much looking forward to that. And then we reached the uh, main event. Um, prior to that, uh, Legado de Fantasma did have a promo in which Santos Escobar mentioned, you know, he was going to be out there to support uh, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza, that they have a quest for gold and that, you know, they their destiny is to be champions. Um, and when we get to the actual match, one thing that I've noticed, at least for me, is that anytime I see MSK and the Garola Phantasma in the ring, they keep getting better and better. Not only just their teams, but their interactions and their work continues to get better and better. And this, I thought, was one of the best matches or the best match that they've had together so far. Um, and that was because of the rapid fire back and forth. Um But also the, uh, and it seems like Legado de Fantasma was more cohesive this time and able to keep up with the pace of uh, MSK. And there was a beautiful standing backflip from wesley that hit joaquin wild that was just uh amazing there was a potential level of in, of interference that could have happened towards the middle of the match and that's when the grizzled young veterans came out they tried to get involved however timothy thatcher and Tommaso champa came out and ended up fighting towards the back um and then there was a, continuing with the match santos escobar did uh Once um, Wesley got out of the ring, knocked out of the ring, Santos Escobar did interfere and threw him into the steps. However, shortly afterward, Bronson Reed came out and just, I don't even know how to say it. It was like a a locomotive hit Santos Escobar right into the barricade out of nowhere. Um, So that put... um, Santos Escobar out uh, for the rest of the match which distracted uh Raul Mendoza that was just enough to allow MSK into their finisher uh to win the match and remain your NXT tag champions. So oh. I know this felt <laughs> like this could have been the opportunity uh for them to to win the titles but it also does look like maybe they're going for a four way Because you have all these four teams still interacting with each other, coming out and distracting each other, all of that. So maybe in your house we'll get a Fatal 4-Way for the NXT Tag Championships. That's what I would prefer. I would like that to give Legado the Fantasma one more time. But I feel like if they don't win it next time... They're they're going to be out of the picture because there's other teams kind of lurking um, in the background waiting.
3: It seems to me like the writing's on the wall that they're probably not going to get it, mm-hmm. which is why I'm a little bit because they could have continued to push towards this four way yeah. by having the title change this time, and then you know the team that they want to have be the tag team champs into the few, going into the. Going forward, could win it at in your house. So, but it doesn't seem like that's the the option they chose. I'm unfortunately not very optimistic that it's going to be Legado del Fantasma because the men momentum seems to be with a couple of these other teams. Um,
1: yeah, especially MSK. I mean, I feel yep. like. They've really revitalized the yep. tag division, and it, the company seems high on them. They're cohesive. They they just make it work, and they're just mm-hmm. they have fantastic energy. I love watching them. You know, it's it's very hard. As much as I like La de Fantasma, I am super okay and fine with um, MSK being your NXT tag champions. So yeah. I,
3: yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's that's what I how I see it coming out. So you should be happy. I just wish that uh Legado de Fantasma had a chance to be the power faction in yes. NXT, but
1: yeah. yeah. We also got this week Mercedes Martinez will be facing Zaya Lee at uh NXT Takeover in your house. Um and more matches will be announced. We still have uh, over uh, two weeks away. It's going to be on Sunday, June 13th, exclusively on Peacock, um, and so, and of course, you know the WWE Network wherever it still exists. But uh, you know, a very <laughs> solid episode of, uh, of of NXT this week. Again, that promo between Adam Cole and uh, Karrion Cross was one of my my favorites. Um, I just think it's, it's, gosh, it's so, so good capturing the energy, uh, between the, these two guys. And now that you're getting everyone in a match at TakeOver, you really don't know what's gonna happen. But, uh, great episode of NXT. Of course, the results for NXT are available on luchacentral.com. Brennan, I'm gonna kick it back to you because you have some news on uh, Ring of Honor.
3: Just real quick, oh, there, this week's Ring of Honor episode did not have a lot of lucha-centric uh, matches on it. It does have some continuation of the the violence versus the Foundation storyline, which is LFI adjacent. Because so LFI, when they come back from their uh, suspension, are going to be put in mixing it up with both of these people but that that was it they you had them furthering the feud a little bit watch the episode if you're curious about how that played out however next week we will be starting the survival the first round matches of the survival of the fittest and we're starting off hot with the ray horus versus flamita match so that's going to be fire. I'm just – so if you're watching it on, on broadcast television, that'll be on on Saturday night. Uh, and then there's a live re-watching of it on ROH's website on Monday afternoon, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, that's That's usually when I watch it, and we do live watches and chatting and all of that. So look for me online around that time watching that match is kind of what I'm saying. Um, but that's how our awaits OH this week.
1: Uh, up next, you know, it's that time of the show where we yeah. educate you and give you a history lesson with this week in Lucha Libre history. So, Dusty, take it away.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's this time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre history by Pep Carrera. He's got information, dates, anniversaries, match of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre. And that's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week, we chose June the 5th and 6th, 2016, when the second Lucha Libre World Cup was held. The Lucha Libre World Cup was an annual professional wrestling tournament and event organized and hosted the first two years by AAA, and it was held from 2015 till 2017. The first two tournaments, which featured three-man tag teams, you know, trios as we know them, were held in Mexico City, while the final tournament was held in 2017 in Tokyo, and that featured strictly traditional two-man tag teams. But this year we're discussing 2016 and that featured trios and the trios were made up they had teams from AAA, TNA, Pro Wrestling Noah, two separate teams from Lucha Underground and even more teams like the Independents, the Luchadors and the Legends. That are on the independent yeah. scene, which was really cool. There was also a women's bracket that was organized by country. That was kind of cool. Taya was on Team Canada, which was a little weird, but otherwise, you know, pretty good. Team Mexico made up of Fabi Apache, Mary Apache, and Lady Apache, defeated Team Japan of Asia Kong, Yuki Miyazaki, and Shamiri Natsu. And So that was a very cool match, but the men's final is probably what we're going to discuss the most, and that featured Team AAA of Pentagon Jr., Tejano Jr., and Psycho Clown against the eventual winners Team Lucha Underground USA of Brian Cage, Chavo Guerrero Jr., and Johnny Mundo. And oh, the the crowd was not happy.
3: They love team, to hate this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: like <laughs> they they went nuts. And at, my favorite part was after the match, Dario Cueto showed up and announced <laughs> that he was the god of lucha libre, and and he invited the crowd, who were just in frothing at the mouth by now like they yeah. the moves were like incredible it was amazing and he invited them to check out the temple but said that you may not leave the temple alive it's so cool it made me so glad to see him back in azteca underground he's the best figurehead in a wrestling promotion in years yes and this was such a nice and timely reminder of that
3: yeah and there's a lot of building blocks that came out of this this particular world cup because of that um so to to help establish how much they hated this this arena hated the the Americans because they didn't see them as the lucha underground team they saw them as the evil Americans mm-hmm. <laughs> they came out to Born in the USA Johnny Mundo had yeah. a, a like a United States flag on the inside yeah. of his jacket mm-hmm.
1: um, his leggings had like USA on the side
3: yeah,
1: of it uh-huh. total
3: USA. Yeah they beat the legends team i believe in the second round i can't remember which round it was but they beat the legends of mexico which was just mind blowing because the year before we got a lot of good feel good moments out of the legends team like they you know we knew they weren't <clears throat> they probably weren't going to win the whole thing but they <clears throat> They took one of the bad guy teams to task. They eliminated one of the most headed teams the year before. This was a slightly different Legends lineup this year, but mm-hmm. people kind of had expectations that the Legends team was going to represent Mexico and they were going to, they were going to be the ones that removed these evil Americans and they cheated yeah. their way to this, to the win against them. I mean, it totally set up just how bad guys they were going to be. And, uh, and that, so that established Johnny Mundo, who later worked AAA. I believe he won a championship from them, and, uh, I mean, and basically became a heel faction. It was the beginning of Taya being heel, because, mm-hmm. as Dusty mentioned, she was with Team Canada, and then later she betrayed, uh, Peros del Mall to join Johnny Mundo and brought mm-hmm. the belt with her, so like yeah just lots of building blocks for two or three more years of triple a programming came out of this one single event um very cool stuff miranda what did you notice about about this one
1: well, for, so the format of the match was something that I, it was, a, a, I had to get a better understanding of, <laughs> uh, because the, the way that it was set up, and, and it impacted the whole match, um, because I guess this was, this was the format I was learning about this, um, all of the matches had a 15-minute time limit, and if mm-hmm. there wasn't a winner from that, then it went to sudden death for about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what happened twice in this match. And both times, it was right as it was hitting that mark uh, of time expiring that there was a near fall. Um, so that was something that I, I noticed as far as the format of the match and especially after the first sudden death and there was a specific referee cue that, that one kind of made me laugh because the referee was trying to get into place and you could tell he was waiting for Johnny Mundo to do something and, and that was <laughs> pulling his his leg out. So yeah, that, that was kind of what caught me, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think the entrances, too, were great with uh, the Team Lucha Underground coming out with Dario. Um, and But he didn't have a, a presence in the match, which I think we, you know, I, I expected. But he didn't, he only showed up at the end. And the crowd reception uh, for them, absolutely. The crowd <laughs> was not having it, not happy for them. Uh, not even wanting them there. But the the match itself was really entertaining uh, because really it was the suspense as you get closer to the end of the time limit of who's mm-hmm. going to get that pinfall. And mm-hmm. I really liked that because it added just something different uh, to the way that this. You know, big main event was, was happening. Um, and, and again, it happened twice. So you figure, oh, you don't have to have it. Uh, but it, it did go into double sudden death. Um, and I think the way that it ultimately ended with, uh, the chair coming in, um, that, you know, was exactly how you described. As far as the entire vibe of the tournament was, you know, Team Lucha Underground using those those Rudo tactics to win.
3: Yeah, they, they were Rudos throughout the whole show. And, and you could feel, you could tangibly feel the audience hating them more and more the more that happened. And it, it was just so wonderfully perfect. I remember being on the edge of my seat for this, for the double overtime, because I, you know, at this point, having seen the year before where a couple of matches went to overtime, the ladies uh had a couple of overtimes on this year. I don't think there were too many in the rest of the tournament format on this particular year. But I remember, okay, okay, we're going to overtime. That makes sense. Uh how are they gonna do this? And then when they didn't do it and they went to the other to the next one, I was I was like standing with my hands on my head going, What's going to happen? And <laughs> and, and then I, I mean, I was a fan. had my fan moment. the The Rudos one. and I was like, "No!" And I, <laughs> my neighbors were super upset because I was super loud in the middle of the night. And just, but it didn't. Yeah, I I was in. I was into it. It was. Yeah. It's a fantastic format that yeah. that I wish they would bring back. But uh, yeah, the the problem was that that trying to pretend that it is a global organized thing. And sharing it with other federations meant that they were, you know, there just weren't enough luchadors to support mm-hmm. a Lucha Libre World Cup in Japan.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, they didn't bring enough over with them. And uh, so they had to do it as a tag team match that third year. And it, the other thing we talk, that I talked about off air with that, it was also harder to watch because it was all through New Japan stuff. So you you had to have their service and then you had to stay up in the middle of the night to watch it live cuz they didn't put the put the feed up for it until like a week later if you missed the live feed so it was really hard to to watch it and and take it in until later at which point a lot of the steam had gone out of it because the internet spoiled all the endings and and, and uh, that takes that that raw emotion out of it when you you don't know what's about to happen
1: Well, that was This Week in Lucha Libre History. As Dusty mentioned, you could check out This Day in Lucha Libre History at LuchaCentral.com. But wait, there is so, so much more at LuchaCentral.com. So, Brennan, why don't you tell our listeners uh-huh. what else they could find at LuchaCentral.com?
3: Well, if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, I mean, seriously, it's it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. You can find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. So this is going to become really relevant really soon. So I'm just saying if you haven't been there, this is the best time to start because we'll also help you find all these live shows in the very near future. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And this is the, the final nail here. It's free. Like you cannot beat this price ever. It is free. All of this coverage, content, information, free, free, free. I would say take my money, but you can't because it's free. (laughs) LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
1: Dusty, a pretty eventful week in WWE. Let us know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah,
2: well, first up, we had SmackDown. And Ray and Dominic Mysterio defeated the Dirty Dogs in a tag team championship match. At this point, if it's Friday, we know we've got a match between the Mysterios and the Dirty Dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, one form uh, or another. Like, that, that's how done I am. I'm not even going to call them Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, just the Dirty Dogs. Dirty like, Dogs. And and the fans have suffered from it almost as much as the dirty dogs have. Like they have fallen so quickly in WWE. And yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. So now we have Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and we had Mason T Bar defeating Lucha House Party and, you know, kind of a glorified squash match. I think we're gonna be seeing more of Mason T bar. It feels like the beginning of a push. But I found their work to just look ragged and kind of sloppy, and it just looked dangerous to me. Like, it, it it, wasn't for me. Lince and Grand Mental League are just too damn good to be used this way against Retribution or whatever they're called now. Like, yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, I, they yeah.
2: they should mm-hmm. not be the enhancement. And, and speaking of enhancement, we <laughs> had kind of a two-in-one against Sheamus. First, we had Ricochet. He got a win. Against Sheamus. And then Humberto, he had a match against Sheamus that actually had a semi-viral moment where Humberto busted Sheamus's nose during the match. And that moment said everything you need to know about these matches because they sold it to us, the Sheamus being tougher and better. And look, you know, he busted his nose. He still competes. Look how tough Sheamus is. And that's exactly what they're doing with Ricochet and Humberto. They did not win because they were good. They were like, "Oh my gosh, can you believe the commentary?" So it was like, "Oh my gosh, can you believe that Ricochet has defeated Sheamus? That he, that he won. He got the pin on Seamus. So it wasn't like I don't know. It felt like that they were just kind of the you know like the banana peel that. That Shane right. has slipped on. Mm-hmm. I get,
3: I get wanting to make Ricochet look like an underdog, so it's a bigger moment. But can you believe it over and over again? Or you know, all these people talking about the difference in size, like you know, play up what Ricochet's strengths are a little more. Play up the fact that like maybe we shouldn't be surprised. This is not the first time Ricochet's beaten somebody so much bigger than himself. That's mm-hmm. kind of kind of what he does. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, but it no.
2: just, yeah, it feels weird. They're they're using them as enhancement to benefit Sheamus rather than trying to help elevate the, Who, you know, the luchadors. Yeah. It's,
1: but, and, and you don't need sh- to elevate Sheamus. You know, he's no. a multi-time world champion. He's held pretty much every championship there In,
3: is. Including King of the Ring.
1: Mm hmm.
3: Like, yeah. I mean, and and let's be honest, he's got a much shorter shelf life than these luchadors. He's done it for a couple of decades now. Yeah. You know, he he is going to wind up either part time or retiring way sooner than either of those guys. So, you know, it maybe maybe help build the next generation of wrestlers. That's actually not a thing WWE superstars are good at doing right? <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know if it's i don't want to i don't want to blame Seamus on this cuz he is not re- responsible for decision making right uh but it is a thing that is very consistent especially lately where established stars get to look good while your up and coming stars just get crushed or become invisible and uh that's probably why they're losing fans left and right cuz they they bought these big indie stars that have a built-in fan base and then they realize the fans realize that they're not going to get to see the person yeah. they fell in love with and they stop watching
2: it's true and part of it's the, the repetition. If you tune in this week, to, no matter what show you like, you tune in last week to watch it, you tune in this week, and they show you the exact same show you saw last week, you're going to yeah. change the channel. You already saw yeah. that. And yep. WWE has been giving us the same matchups and the same show, basically, over and over. Yeah. And yeah, it's just ugh, Awful. And, and also, we have in WWE news, due to what WWE is citing as budget cuts, the following talent were released on Wednesday, June the second. The talents released were Braun Strowman, Lana, Buddy Murphy, Santana Garrett, Ruby Riott, and Alistair Black. And, like, so strange. Um, Braun Strowman had a big money contract, a million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. I believe he also had a tour bus and maybe some kind of food plan built into his contract. That was kind of the – I didn't quite understand all of that.
3: I heard it was fierce negotiations when he re-signed, and he was in the middle of a multi-year deal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And – but when you figure in the cost of WWE providing him a bus – and a food plan on the road instead of at home where he's in charge of his own stuff, mm-hmm. I think that you know, that you know, his his was probably largely financial. But if this was any other company, though, there's been cuts left and right through WWE lately, you would say, you know, is WWE for sale? I mean, it would kind of be given in almost any other company, but Vince has said that he doesn't want to sell WWE, not lately, not these latest rumors. I mean, there's been rumors that Universal NBC have offered him as much as $4 billion with a Bubba B, like the Beach Boys, <laughs> $4 billion.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Vince would be a sucker not to take that, because they'll buy it back later when it's not worth as much.
3: Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean,
2: they always get that first right of refusal on their contract, yeah. and... Yeah.
3: Yeah. I- uh, and uh, but almost everybody knows that Vince is a control freak and he wouldn't want to sell it. That's why it, most wrestling journalists are not taking rumors of the sale even now, seriously, even though this is to your point, this is what this is business 101. They're doing exactly what a business does when they're trying to make themselves look good mm-hmm. before sales. They're trying to maximize their efficiency. They're removing any sort of uh obstruction to a good sale like any redundancies mm-hmm. any any uh obnoxious large contracts that might be tripping points for a potential buyer, so it does project all of that um i do wanna i do wanna make one quick point the w w e at no point officially said that these were budget cuts. Alistair Black said that what he was told when he was terminated was that it was for budget reasons. And this is important again because it's about the WWE's transparency. They are not saying anything about what they're doing. They're just firing people left and right after their most profitable year ever. Uh, and then, uh, Telling people last minute that the – or telling at least this one person last minute, well, we're really sorry. We had plans for you, but it came from above us, and it's all about money, and we had – our hands were tied. It was more or less loosely translated. That's what they told him, and uh that yeah. was just – yeah. Can you
2: imagine John Laurinaitis who can't even live up to his brother's name calling you know, and be like, sorry, pal. We got nothing for you. <laughs> yes. Happy trails. You know, like I'd be so mad. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean that that just takes me back to stories like the Dudley Boys. The first time they were fired from the Mm -hmm. WWE, it was Laurinaitis saying, "Creatives got nothing for for you." you." Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. We hear that all the
1: time, you know, creative
3: yeah. has nothing for you.
1: So, but you know, we've, we've gone through these before, you know, before the stories was, you know, they're coming up against the end of a quarter and they're, like you've said, Brendan, trying to kind of balance the books and trying to get their financials in order for their next quarterly, uh, financial records for stakeholders. Now, because of, you know, the releases that have happened now months uh, together, it's leading people to think. And, and at this point, too, you know, they moved over the network to Peacock. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're they're looking for a much more global presence. I understand why some people would be saying they're looking for to to selling and maybe they're offloading some weight. But also, no, I mean, we've also heard a lot of stories about them restructuring lots of departments because of the changes due to COVID, um, mm-hmm. and that. Some of their, uh, the staff in the digital and social media areas were let go. They've also, you know, recently let go, like Tom Phillips was another one released mainly because, um, they brought in a, another person on the commentary team. Um, there's, there's, it seems like if, for me, if anything is happening, it may be they're looking at what they're, they're kind of cleaning house to kind of simplify and maybe look at what they absolutely need because mm-hmm. now, Maybe less is more. Now, for someone like Braun Strowman, who is homegrown, it is very curious, you know, that yeah. that they would let him go. And money sounds like probably the right thing because of the fact that, you know, if he had such a large contract and all these add ons. You know, if they're looking to save some money, absolutely. But for someone who's been with them since, you know, day one of his career, that they've really molded him into, you know, uh, a WWE entity, you know, that's something they don't tend to do as much. You see, everyone else. That's been let go. It's, you know, people who they haven't utilized very often or you just don't see them let go. They tend, they tend to not let go of people who they've really developed under their own.
3: Yeah. Most of the rest of, most of the rest of that list, as I said off air, not surprising because Mm -hmm. they weren't using them. Like, I mean, Alistair Black was starting to be used, but he, before that, there were months where he wasn't being used. So it just felt like, you know, like it was still in their heads. We could just get rid of this one, too. Um, yeah, they but yeah uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But it's just...
1: no, 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 it's, it's all. Yeah, I think a lot of people are on the same page about them and we'll I guess continue to see what happens and there's even continued speculation of more releases happening. So who knows this time next week when we come back to you um if we have more information about either these releases or possible future releases. Okay. Up next, we have NWA, and they brought out some pretty interesting news about their next pay-per-view Ooh, when our, shadow falls, or our shadows fall um, that's happening this weekend on June 6th. So I believe that's this Sunday on June 6th. Let's get the calendar out. Yes, this Sunday on June 6th uh, is going to be available on Fight TV, um, but some pretty big news as far as the match lineup. Um, they announced a four way tag match with some of uh, f- uh faces familiar to lucha libre fans um we have a four way match that includes the end, which is uh odinson, uh odinson sorry and uh pero um you have uh marsh uh marsh uh rocket and slice boogie as a team. And then for Lucha Libre fans, we have uh, Sam Rudo. Uh, as far as Sam Ado- uh, Adonis, um, oh my gosh, why is it escaping me?
3: <laughs> it's that kind of night.
1: Yeah, Sam uh, Sam Adonis, uh, yeah, as as we know, was, he, yeah. yes, but he's being called Sam Rudo, and Sal Renaro teaming up. And our final team is Beastia666 and Mega Wolf. Um, so that is a four way tri- tag team match happening at When Our Shadows Fall. And also, we have a bit of the NWA Women's Championship scene kind of figured out. Uh, Camille will be facing Serena D for the NWA Women's Championship. And Thunder Rosa will be teaming up with Molina to face Taryn Terrell and a returning Kylie Ray. So that's very big. This will be Kylie's yeah, first... Good. Match in quite some time since you know when she left Impact, uh, I believe it was last summer. Mm-hmm. So we haven't seen her on our TV screens in quite some time. Um, but we've seen this alliance and partnership with Thunder Rosa and Molina that's developed now for over the past year. Um, and so we will see them in tag team action against Kylie Ray and Taryn Terrell. Um, but very curious as far as some of this Lucha Libre presence, specifically with NWA, they take. Tend to stick more with you know U.S. talent, especially those mm-hmm. that kind of reside in you know the the East Coast <laughs> um, and the
3: South. Yeah, in the
1: South, yes, yeah. So it is very interesting to see Sam Adonis on here, Mecca Wolf, and Bestia six six six.
3: So we haven't, because of of COVID, we haven't had much opportunity to talk about mecha Wolf and Bestia six six six. Uh they are they are a tag team that it started in the crash. I believe if the crash ever starts having shows they'll be tag team champions again. But uh they are an established tag team out of there. Uh as you might expect, anybody who watched WCW and saw Damien in 666, you know Bestia 666 is a brawler. Um he's got a little more technical skill and uh Mecha Wolf is a Crazy flyer. So, mm-hmm. like, if you want to see really good kind of Texas meets Mexico City lucha libre style, that's a good team to keep an eye on. I just wanted to throw that out there because we haven't talked about them much uh, on the show yet. There, but they are they are through and through luchadors, and they are they represent a very specific style that is very interesting to a lot of fans. Yeah.
1: That's why I think this match is going to be so interesting Because you have um, You know, like super big guys uh, With Odinson and Perro um, You know, Slice Boogie 2 is a bit of a, a brawler But also can move pretty fast um, And then uh, Rocket I'm not really familiar with Same thing with Renaro um, So, you know, there's elements I know And elements I don't going into this match And though they haven't alluded to it who knows if this also has implications for the tag team title, uh, scene. Right now, the tag titles are going to be defended in a triple threat match. Uh, so there's plenty of uh, tag teams around in the NWA, but you got to think that whoever wins this may be working their way up in line for the tag titles. And who knows if this will then mean regular occurrences, uh, for Sam, uh, Bestia and Mega Wolf in the mm-hmm. NWA. In the future,
3: and you—you um, uh, you reminded me of something. I'm just, uh, we've also seen Pero working with Luchadors. He's a, a, actually a really good base. So, mm-hmm. uh, seeing him paired up against a Mecha Wolf or a, a Bestia is going to be a, a moment to kind of keep an eye on. They, mm-hmm. They'll be able to do some good stuff.
1: So again, NWA When Our Shadows Falls happening this Sunday, June sixth. On the Fight TV app. It's starting at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And they have a full lineup. But if you are a Lucha Libre fan and you're looking for something to watch this Sunday, maybe check out NWA.
3: Didn't think we'd be saying that any. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Outside of what Thunder Rosa's been doing, that's all that we've really had. Really? So, yep. in this this uh, Fatal Four way tag team match came out of nowhere this week. Um, So, a a pleasant, pleasant surprise. Indeed. Yes. Up next, we have Impact Wrestling. And really, the big news for Lucha Libre fans coming out of Impact is the X Division Championship match. A 60-minute Ironman match. Champion Josh Alexander defended against TJP. And so, this was an interesting setup because they actually started this match halfway through before the Impact BTI which is a show that airs before Impact Wrestling. So the first half of that match was through BTI, and the second half of the match was the first 30 minutes of Impact Wrestling, which is a smart way of doing it. If you have limited time on Impact Wrestling, you can't do a you know 60-minute Ironman Man match. And if you want to have people, uh, BTI is still a fairly new show for Impact. So if you want to bring viewers to BTI, this is a great way of doing it. And, yeah,
3: absolutely.
1: and so this match, uh, and I can't do it justice with the description, uh, cause it was such a long match, uh, as it went through the full 60 minutes plus, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, but the chemistry between these two was fantastic. Um, moves and counter moves throughout really the entirety of this match. Uh, a lot of locks and holds. Um, you did see some flying from both men, not just TJP, but also Josh Alexander. And I think it allowed both of them to say, whatever you can do, I can do better. Whatever you can do, I can do it too. And I think that they just, that chemistry, the fact that they were able to keep that so consistent and so well Throughout this match is a testament to both of them. You had the first pinfall at about 15 minutes, um, with Josh Alexander getting the first, uh, pinfall through a series of, of, uh, pins and reverses, um, landed one and then, pretty much through the rest of the match was them going back and forth um tjp really gave it everything that he had um and you could tell how exhausted he was both men really were um but as you were getting towards literally the last few seconds of the match you had josh alexander lock in an ankle lock on tjp um but within just a I think two to three seconds, really three, if you think about it, seconds left. Uh, TJP was able to reverse that. Um, and he was able to lock in a pin for it to be one and one. With that, you went into sudden death. And so, uh, the really sudden death was only a few minutes with Josh Alexander getting the win, um, with a underhook pile driver, which was f- brutal, brutal. Um, but I mean, you had the locker room out, all the faces came out to watch. And at first they were behind the barrier, but then as it got closer to the end of the time limit, they were at on the ring, um, around the ring. So it was a, a great match. And, You know, again, Impact Wrestling is a hidden secret in the wrestling world. You know, they may get all the attention now because of Kenny Omega um, and, and the history of TNA, but the X Division is still one of the best things that they have in wrestling and in Impact. So if you're looking for just a great wrestling match, this is one I highly, highly recommend. As far as this week in Impact... Um, not much else. However, we did get a match for next week. Um, we are going to see Willie Mack versus W. Morrissey and it's going to be some type of stipulation, maybe no DQ match. Um, but W. Morrissey is also going to be facing Rich Swan at against all odds in a few weeks. Um, so we're going to see the rematch though of Willie Mack and W. Morrissey next week on impact and also announced for against, uh, against all odds, we're going to see Decay versus Violent by Design. So the team of Crazy Steve and Taurus will be facing uh, Violent by Design, though. We don't know exactly which members yet. I don't know if they're going to free Bird. They, they are currently the Impact uh, Tag Team Champion, so who knows who we're going to get, uh, because Joe Doring is already in a match. Um, for that event so who knows we're gonna get probably Ryan and uh, uh, Diener in that uh, especially because from reports that uh, Eric Young is still injured so it's very likely though um those are who we're gonna see face each other uh, face each other at against all odds but Highly recommend the 60-minute Iron Man match from this week's Impact. And then also some breaking news from this week's Impact. They announced that fans will be allowed at Slammiversary on July 17th. They're going to have a limited amount of tickets available that go on sale this Friday, June 4th. So by the time you listen to this show, tickets may be available. Tickets may be sold out. Who knows? But a big move for impact. They're kind of on the latter end of promotions, um, having, you know, coming, ha- having fans come back, but not too far behind. Um, but, you know, they're going to be having the show in Nashville um, in their regular studios. And it's going to be great, as we've already seen with AEW, to have fans back In attendance, and I think it's going to, uh, you know, do wonders for impact. They were also more recent and starting to kind of, uh, filter in crowd noise. And even that has made a difference in their tapings. Having the, the, uh, roster out this week uh, during the Ironman match, uh, was, you know, something that was, was really positive and I think really helped the energy of the show. And I think fans are going to be clamoring back. To impact wrestling, especially because it's Slammiversary. And that may mean, you know, they're bringing on people uh, from New Japan, maybe some of these former WWE signees. There's going to be surprises at Slammiversary, and it's going to make all the difference in the world to have fans there. Our final news story is NLW and some interesting notes that came out of this week. First off, Again, uh, new episodes of, of Fusion are going to be coming back in July. So we have another week of MLW Underground and some pretty good content for you to check out. We have two J-Cup semifinal matches with Christopher Daniels and Jimmy Yang. Um, and then the second match with Sanjay Dutt and Eddie Colon. But if you're a Lucha Libre fan, make sure you check out Juventud Guerrera and Super Dragon versus Los Maximus. Um, and this is when Juventut was, you know, super hot with the, with the crowd. Um, so I didn't get the chance to watch this match yet. It's on my to-do list, but, um, you know, MLW Underground episodes are so cool because it is that hybrid of like what ECW could have been if they were still around. So it feels like ECW, the sequel, um, with the, with the crowd, with the, you know, production, with the commentary. Um and it, I I really enjoy these when I get to watch them. I don't know if either of you gentlemen got to watch this week's MLW Underground.
3: I did, I did. Uh, the the tag team match in question is just as good as it sounds on paper. The uh, the Maximos were the the hot tag team. They were they were calling themselves some variation of the best tag team in the world at that point. And uh, they, they they weren't disappointing on that. They gave us good tag team action. If you're a fan of tag team, double teams and moves, you, you get a lot of that out of both teams. Both, uh, both guys had high flyers on them, so you got a lot of that kind of West Coast Lucha Libre style out of it. Um, just fantastic stuff. Definitely uh, worth the watch. If you if you feel the that you're pressed for time, you can fast forward to to that match and watch that. Mm -hmm. Although all the matches were fun, um, you also get a little bit more of the CM Punk Conan feud building. So if you're if you are not Conan, I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I do that. They're very different people. Vampiro. Uh, (laughs) But are they
1: really? Maybe that's why sometimes like. No.
3: No, they're very different people. Very, very different 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 people. They
1: they complain about the same things. Like if they, (laughs) that's why. Let's just be honest.
3: Yeah, maybe, maybe that that's in the back of my brain somewhere. But yeah, no, you get more on that. So if you if you want to see old school vampiro stuff, this is a good place for it too, because this is that that really edgy punk vampiro that was. Probably tearing up any attempts at scripts and just talking into a microphone, and it's it's kind of magical. So I mean, good episode of of the show.
1: And in more current MLW news, we had round three of the open draft. The draft started off by uh, sharing news about some returning signees. Uh, first off, he is my Theo and yours, Savio Vega. Will be continuing his work with MLW. They alluded, but, you know, where. But he's dead. Well, so that's also another thing is that they alluded, you know, now Caesar Duran is part of Azteca Underground. Maybe he came back. Maybe they put Savio Vega in the uh, in Azteca um, in in the uh, temple and they brought him back to life. Oh man. So maybe Savio Vega's a zombie. <laughs>
3: Did he eat John Morrison? (laughs) Uh,
1: He's the alpha. He's the alpha now. Uh, So, Xavier Vega is returning to MLW, including another signee friend of the show, Zenshi, is going to be making his return to MLW. He will be appearing at their first show in July at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia. In that you know Senshi may be doing some modifications to his style to his wrestling techniques and as we know from talking with him you know the, he's a man of the world and so he is always up to embracing new styles always training always learning more and he seems ready to elevate his game especially now with new uh New wrestlers coming on board, and the addition, again, of Azteca Underground. He is another one who could easily slide between MLW and Azteca Underground. So he has a place in both locations. Who knows where we're going to see him, but a big congratulations to Zenshi for making Uh, his return to MLW.
3: Well-deserved.
1: Well-deserved, yes. And some big news, too, for Lucha Libre fans, in the new signee section – MLW announced two new signees with some Lucha Libre background. The first one is Lee Moriarty, um, based out of uh, Philadelphia. Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yes. Yeah, It's all the same, as I say <laughs> that from Arizona. Not true. Not it's true, everybody. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not the same. Uh, but he has a hybrid background of catch Uh, Puro and Lucha Libre Um, and Brendan I know you were able to do some more background uh, information or research on Lee
3: well yeah so the the, he uh, studied at Chikara which is part of where he got his lucha background Um, I couldn't verify where he wrestled at in Mexico in the short amount of time I had but he has done some matches in Mexico, according to uh, all of the hype on him.
1: Yes, yeah, MLW did announce that with you know his his background as had wrestled in Mexico. Um, and again, these are just things that we just found out today, hours before the show started. So that's how much we care. We try and get all this. <laughs> uh to you so someone though i mean a hybrid style works really well in mlw because you have wrestlers of all backgrounds so it seems like he could easily do a match say with a zenshi um or again if they bring back a a laredo kid or even a leo rush or you know he could easily challenge uh for you know uh i was gonna say um the middleweight championship, and
3: that's with. Oh, I don't remember who current who currently has that. I have to look I,
1: that up, but I know <laughs> who
3: was I know who was feuding over it, but I don't remember who won it. So yes, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did. I did also want to mention that Moriarty was the winner of the mass wrestler competition. Yes. So. He yeah. went on and then went on to win the, uh, independent wrestling television championship out of that opportunity. So he, uh, in addition to his lucha background, he has had a masked gimmick in the recent past. So he's, you know, I mean, he's very lucha, lucha adjacent and lucha trained. It's very, it's, mm-hmm. uh, very, yeah.
1: Yeah. And as I was yeah. going to say, Myron, Myron Reed, um, he's now the, the new MLW. It, it uh, was Reed. Uh, Yes, my Yeah, middle, middle way. Again, we already know too. Gringo Loco has been resigned, so the fact that he uh, could, you know, easily just go between different styles and competitors is going mm-hmm. to be a huge asset to him in MLW. And another signee that MLW announced is one from AAA, and that's Adamis um that was Woo-hoo! really big for for lucha libre and especially for triple a this announcement yeah. and so i'm not as familiar with his work as as dusty and brendan are so if you don't mind giving me a little bit lesson on animes and what maybe mlw fans could expect from him kick
3: it off dusty
2: uh well yeah i i believe he might be signed to triple a right now but I'm not certain on that because I think he's also the current IWRG Intercontinental Tag Team Champion with Impossible. And he's, you know, a high-flyer, very exciting. He's participated in the Pro Wrestling Guerrilla Battle of Los Angeles before. Um, Yeah. Gosh, yeah. If you're familiar with IWRG at all, or a lot of – he was at uh, the – the most recent AAA pay per view, the Rey de Reyes pay per view, I believe. Yeah. He was and in
3: that that undercard match that we we loved. Yeah. Yes, he, he, where Latigo
2: yeah. won, but yeah, mm-hmm. he was he was, yeah he Aramis is incredible and excellent high flyer. This is a big get for MLW because mm-hmm. he is so impressive, and we talk about how somebody like Phoenix makes it effortless, and he is one of the few that do aramis is and like yeah. so exciting
3: I, aramis is they so they gave pack um, you know uh, he had a different name then the moniker of the man that gravity forgot but like if you compare that to aramis who just effortlessly hops to the ropes and then does all of these things he's he's a big big up-and-coming talent uh, there's a reason AAA had him in that match because they know that they want to have him as one of the hot, high flyer talents that can really add energy to the beginning of a show. Uh, he, you are, to the best of my knowledge, you are correct that he still has that IWRG title. I am, uh, and but you also pointed out that he's uh, he does PWG work so he's already worked in front of american crowd so he knows the difference between a lucha crowd and an american crowd and he adapted pretty well to it in front of that PWG crowd so uh he he's going to be a big name fast okay. now that they've got him in MLW
1: I think there's also a positive sign of the continued relationship between MLW and AAA. I think I know for me was a little nervous about the situation with the cruiserweight championship that happened oh, yeah. and yeah. you know what that meant for the partnership, but it sounds like they're moving forward either way and we're going to see maybe more AAA talent um at MLW and maybe once, you know, borders open again Maybe MLW taking a, a trip to Mexico again. Um, but this made me very optimistic about the future of the partnership between MLW and AAA and think it's great that MLW, as we've talked about before, really does take into consideration their Lucha Libre presence. And they're going to have to with Azteca Underground. Um, that still is such a huge mystery as to how is that going to be presented? How is that going to interact with MLW? Is it going to be a completely separate entity? How, you know, all the tie-in. And so they really are going to need to maybe ramp up their Lucha Libre part of the roster if Azteca Underground is going to be its own thing. Um, so we will continue to see the open draft continues next week. And we will continue to bring you that news and more right here on the Lucha Central weekly podcast. And with that, that is the end of this week's show. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can also check out Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at com on Twitter. You can also check out the YouTube page that has lots and lots of content, including previous episodes of this show. You can also get interviews, matches, and much, much more all on the lucha central youtube page and with that well you can check us out on social media let us know your thoughts on the show let us know about independent promotions that are running lucha libre matches that and much much more go ahead and reach out to us on social media starting off with dusty where can our listeners find you
2: yeah i am on instagram at dusty murphy and i am on facebook at facebook.com slash dusty murphy
1: and, Brendan, where can our listeners find you?
3: I am 321 t one T-shirt guy. That's the numbers, 321T-ShirtGuy is all spelled out. I am on Instagram, I am on Facebook, and I am especially on Twitter.
1: Yes. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook, not on Twitter. Go reach out to Dusty <laughs> or Brendan. You can reach out to to them. Uh, But yes, reach out to us on any of those social media platforms. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Let us know your thoughts on the current events happening. And especially if you are an independent wrestling fan, promoter or wrestler, reach out to us because we'd love to promote any Lucha Libre matches or promotions happening Throughout the US and even in Mexico, we love to talk about independent wrestling as much as we can. And we're trying to do it before all of these other promotions start to ramp up and there's more shows. So please reach out to us on social media and let us know what's happening in the independent world. And if you are listening through to this through maybe your favorite podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, iTunes, PodBay, iHeartRadio, Google Play, whatever it may be, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you are notified every time a new edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and give us a review. Again, let us know your thoughts on the show. We are always open to feedback. We are always looking for new ideas and new content. So share that with us either on social media or through however you're listening to your podcast. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, my name is Miranda Morales. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back next week.
2: let